0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome to the Sunday night health show, the little sex show disguised as a health show. I'm Maureen McGrath, registered nurse and sex expert. Okay, it is time to put those kidlets to bed. The benefits of sex range from slashing your stress levels to decreasing your risk of chronic illness. The benefits of good health means your relationship and even your sex life might just improve. Sex facilitates bonding and feelings of intimacy, which does more than make you feel warm and fuzzy all over. It actually boosts your overall health. Welcome to the show. If you have a question for me, feel free to email me at nurstalk at hotmail.com. That's nurstalk at hotmail.com. You can always give me a call. The number to call is 877 399 9898. Remember, this is not a replacement for a visit to your healthcare practitioner for whatever it is that ails you. Tonight in the program, we're talking about period pain, productivity, pronouns, burnout, marriage, desire. And sexual desire and men, also uh, some words to live by. But uh, right now.
1: And now, Maureen's Health Headline.
0: Talking about something that I think affects uh, a lot of us, uh, as uh, especially those of us who work outside of the home, because we're all working inside of the home, some of us more than others, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. And... Um, if you have ever had an issue with anxiety or having a panic attack at work, and this is really common today, having an anxious moment or an anxious time, people can give you a real zinger at work. It certainly happened to me. You're going along, you're working really hard. People are commenting on how hard you're working. uh, And then all of a sudden, just out of the blue they can say something and you're like what? You know, where did that come from? And and typically they may trigger something in you or you may feel like don't they know that I'm working on this? So they might say I, I don't know what you're working on or I know what you're working on but the president doesn't know what you're working on and it can certainly get your heart racing, your autonomic nervous system can catch on fire. You can start to panic at work, especially if you have a predisposition to anxiety or a propensity toward becoming anxious. And the sudden bout of anxiety when you're on the job, and think about that, you're on the job. This is your livelihood. This is how you pay your bills. This is how you feed your family. And so, you you know, you may be leveraged a little bit too much, especially in some of these towns here in in Canada, and uh, you may owe a lot on credit card debt, and you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose the job. You can start spiraling downward in your head, and it can feel like there is truly nothing that you can do to tame this panic. But a panic attack at work, or even just a terrible wave of anxiety that over Comes you is something that you can actually learn to cope with. And it starts with understanding that it can happen to you so that you don't feel surprised or keep completely overtaken uh, when it does occur. So, and also so that it doesn't overtake your day and that it doesn't change your day or your productivity or your dedication to the job, or, you know, just makes you have a more peaceful uh, and calmer approach to work. And you know, it's absolutely fine to feel anxious and anxiety in on the lower level it keeps us thriving, keeps us moving forward, keeps us to be successful. Um, so you want to be non-judgmental with yourself for experiencing it. And you know, so many people hide anxiety. It's, it's the most common mental Illness That we have in North America and yet people would rather have a serious physical condition than be diagnosed with anxiety. Somehow it makes us feel weak uh, and it certainly is an uncomfortable feeling in your body and it's really the result of that fight, flight or freeze instinct that we are programmed to feel. And I know for myself in times of stress or in times of when I'm caught off guard, my reaction is to freeze. So the brain freezes. That which has been on overdrive (laughs) comes to a sudden halt. Um, Well, what happens in anxiety, this feeling of um, panic, is that your mind engages in a perceived threat or the spiraling thought pattern that creates a story in which we end up in a place where disaster has struck. We go to worst case scenario. Do you go to worst case scenario? Are, are you, do you have a crystal ball? Are you thinking, oh my gosh, if this happens and that's going to happen, then I'm going to lose my job. Then I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And then my wife's going to leave me and then blah, blah, blah. And on and on it goes. So we've all, we're, we've all had Moments, or maybe hours or days or weeks where we feel that we're not good enough and we imagine those worst possible outcomes or the worst case scenario is what I say. Try to stay in the moment. That's really important. It, this instinct to think Go down the spiraling negative pathway is protective, but it's not helpful for getting through your anxiety-provoking situation or pattern of thought. So I want to help you to cultivate some tools so that you get back to neutral. A place of neutrality is a very important place to be, especially when you are experiencing anxiety. Um, and you want to try to lessen that state of fear in the moment and that's why it's important to stay in that moment and oftentimes i suggest to people who can't get some things out of their head i say you know if you're walking in the city look at a building if you if the thought enters your head and then you're walking down the street look at a building just taking your mind off your negative thought or your obsessive or unwelcome or intrusive thought, just shifting that will actually help to reduce those thoughts coming into your head. So focus on anything other than your anxious thoughts is critical when you're having a panic attack at work. And oftentimes people will have a panic attack because they're being treated horrifically at work. And I and know this, if you're being, ter- being treated terribly at work by somebody, guess what? That same person is treating other people terribly as well, or they probably have a history of of treating people terribly. I heard that recently about um, a former colleague of mine and they said, you know, this person used to go off on, on, you know, this person and that one or single them out and, you know, has this reputation to tear people down, especially in front of other people. And so once, but sometimes people keep this secretive because they're embarrassed and they think it's about them. It's typically not. So, you know, you might want to talk to some other people and see it or, or observe some behavior just so you know, this isn't just me, but you want to keep some immediate possibilities for distraction in your back pocket um, so you might want to think of four four colors or four sounds or four shapes or four textures you want to distract yourself that can be very important taking a walk outside not storming out not running away th- people thinking what's wrong with them no just calmly walk outside, a moment in the elements can really make a difference for your brain. So take a walk around the block and that will help with your neurotransmitters as well. Also sit down on a bench, take some nice, slow, deep breaths from your gut, not from your chest, especially when we're panicking, we are breathing from our chest and we're breathing rapidly typically. So we want to take some nice, slow, deep breaths in your nose, out your mouth and take those from your gut. And also that new scenery will be very helpful um, what, for, for changing and for distracting those distressing thoughts. Um, and you may breathe a little more easily as you walk back in to your office, as fearful as that may sound at the moment. The other thing is think about what matters in life, what really matters. It's a little mantra, um, you know, and maybe write it down on a piece of paper, put it in your notes in your iPhone. Having something to look at to remind yourself of what keeps you feeling stable and good can be a very useful tool in the moment. And so you want to try to create a list of values, positive mantras, coping statements that will resonate with you, that bring you back to center, that bring you back um, to to a place of, you know, this is going to be okay. Maybe I'm blowing this Um, up in my head a little bit more than I should. Music is very helpful. Have a playlist at the ready. You can also play a game on your phone, although I think a lot of people are playing games on their phone at work. (laughs) Um, But if you don't, if you're one of the four that don't do that, then you can also just focus on something else. And in order to focus, to help you focus on anything other than the anxiety, these little simple video games on smartphones can certainly help. Like Candy Crush is a very simple one for the nimble mind. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or anything that distracts you to help. And there's also some meditation apps like Calm and Headspace that might help you also. And you want to make sure you're taking care of your basic needs. You might notice that in anxiety, you have to go to the bathroom. That's because there's more nerves in the bladder than any other organ in the entire body. And so you might actually realize you have to go to the bathroom. And so you want to take care of those needs. Maybe get yourself some water. and, And also don't be afraid to challenge those thoughts and name them. Spiraling thoughts Or perceived or imagined threats. So ask yourself, what are you afraid is going to happen? Bring yourself back into the moment that is so important. So we all will feel anxious at work here and there, but it's good to have some strategies in your back pocket um, and to have those that you can call upon. Now, this isn't the only thing that might affect your productivity at work, and anxiety certainly will. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. If you have any questions at all for me, feel or comments, or you want to share with me how you embrace life and how you live a, a calm, wonderful, anxiety-free, uh, sleep at night, your pillow is soft uh, life, then give me a call. one eight seven seven. 399 9898 that's 1877 399 9898 when i saw that in british columbia out there in british columbia <laughs> there was the first ever mental health and addictions help hub it was to open in british columbia i thought you know we need this i know that but i often say mental health is created We don't typically take a preventive health approach in this country. We're a little bit more um, reactive to it uh, as opposed to proactive and preventive. And so this is what you get. And sometimes I think it might be nice to focus on some of the other ways, kind of ways to prevent things like mental illness happening Um, that's not for everybody or or substance use and abuse or you know ways to the ways people find to deal with uh, the troubles that they have in life or even the troubles within within themselves and so I found this this little 17 rules to live by a better way to live Um, and you know I'm going to tell you who it's by um His name is escaping me at the moment, but I will let you know. Um, This is certainly not me. Um, It's Ogmandino uh, who curated this, and it's from A Better Way to Live. And so one thing I think is really important, and maybe a lot of you were raised this way, um, to think about when you're feeling down, you're feeling sorry for yourself, you've got some first world problems going on there, time to count your blessings and once you realize just how valuable you are and how much you have going for you you know you'll maybe smile a little bit the music will play the sun will shine and you'll be able to move forward in the life that you are really intended we this is a one, cha- one shot deal here this is not a dress rehearsal and we are to live life life's to be enjoyed not endured and You know, I expect uh, to live with grace and strength and courage and confidence. And it's not always easy, but there are certain things we need to do to remind ourselves that we can have that kind of a life. Today and every day, deliver more than you are getting paid to do. Sometimes people just think, ah, it's just a paycheck or whatever. What I do doesn't matter. But the victory of success will be half won when you learn the secret of putting out more than is expected in all that you do. I often say to people, especially people that I uh, do business with, I, I like to under-promise and over-deliver. A lot of people over-promise. And under deliver. And sometimes if you write down everything that you've done, it might be helpful to remind yourself hey, they may have this perception of me that I'm not valuable or, you know, whatever, or that I have not been that productive. But if you actually keep track of what you do, um, I think that's very important. One time I was asked to send all the presentations that I'd ever done. And, and so, you know, I'd probably done 100 by that stage. And it was a great thing uh, that somebody had asked me to do, because I did write them all down. And then from that point forward, I just started writing them all down. Every time I do a talk, it gets entered into that. And so um, not only do I have that, if somebody asked me, you know, are you qualified to speak about sex? (laughs) Here you go, 897 times. And that was just last week. Um, And so you want to just remind yourself, you know, okay, exercise your privilege, you know, to give yourself a little bit of credit and enjoy the rewards that you might receive because you definitely deserve them, whether you get them or not, but nonetheless. Whenever you make a mistake or get knocked down by life and who hasn't been knocked down by life, who hasn't made a mistake? There are those perfectionists out there that are so defensive. They could never do anything wrong. They're right about everything. You know who I'm talking about. You know, you don't want to look back at it too long. You want to forgive yourself, number one. And the way I like to define forgiveness is wishing the past were different Remembering the truth, not the pain. Mistakes are life's way of teaching you. Your capacity for occasional blunders is inseparable from your capacity to reach your goals. No one wins them all. Nobody. And your failures, when they happen, are just part of your growth. Who hasn't learned the most from your failures, from your mistakes? I certainly have. But you got to shake them off and you got to move forward. Um, And never quit, never walk out that door. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's really important to just learn from it. Always reward your long hours of labor and toil in the very best way, surrounded by your family and friends, those who love you, nurture their love carefully. Remember that your children need models, not critics, and your own progress will hasten when you constantly strive to be present to present your best side to your children and anyone else that you love in your life. And even if you've failed at all else in the eyes of the world, if you have a loving family, you are a success. Build this on a foundation of pleasant thoughts. This is number five, never fret at imperfections that you fear may impede your progress. Remind yourself as often as necessary that you are a creature of God and have the power to achieve any dream by lifting up your thoughts. By the way, whomever your God is. And God comes in many different forms for many different people. You can fly when you decide that you can. Never consider defeat again. Let the vision in your heart be in your life's blueprint. And smile. Nothing wrong with smiling. Um, It actually puts other people at ease. It's a great thing. I was talking to somebody today. I was actually at a party last night. I'm going to totally go um, (laughs) sidetrack. First of all, I dispensed medical advice, I shouldn't say advice, medical information, education to the injured party, <laughs> the party, the male who had overactive bladder, <laughs> who said, I didn't actually think that uh, the Kegel throne was for men. You make it sound like women on the radio, because there's some radio commercials out there about the Kegel throne or the BTLM cella. And I'm like, of course men can get overactive bladder. Uh, it's 16.6% of men will have overactive bladder. So it's not just a women's condition, guys. And uh, so I had oh then some marital advice to somebody else. I said, hurry up, get get married. He was like 31 and she was 34. And, you know, and he wanted to be with her, but he's like, oh, you know, she wants to have a baby. And I'm like, listen, the fertility drops after 35. So you got to start thinking about that. And so we were chatting about that as well before his, um, girlfriend came to the party. So we're talking about all sorts of, um, different medical conditions. It seems like I felt like, okay, is that all I'm here for? <laughs> anyway, and one friend of mine said, don't talk to her. She'll do a 10 minute segment on you <laughs> tomorrow night. So here it is, the segment I've wrapped you all up in one little bundle, um, so I don't know what made me think about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then I was talking to somebody else. And so she is a nurse. She's a, a licensed practical nurse. And she's wonderful. She's lovely and she's smart. And And she wanted to go on to get a counseling certification or uh, she wants to be a counselor and i said you 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 need to do that you know you know as a, as an lpn you are limited it's not about the money for her she's had a a certain type of a life and she values therapy and she um realizes that's a gift you give to yourself and and so i said to her you know i noticed there's a bit of lack of confidence here that you don't want to take that step to you know when she was talking about going back to become a registered nurse and but her dream was more uh in terms of counseling educating advising people and so um, stick with your passion do what you want to do and you know sometimes we lack that confidence to take that next step I recognize the lack of confidence in her because I've had it myself and so um, so that's basically what I wanted to um, Say So never think about the, try not to think about, I can't do this. You can do this if you have the confidence to do it. And don't let someone else judge you. She was in a relationship or she had been in a relationship where when she spoke about what she wanted to do you know there was negative feedback from her boyfriend who was saying oh how are we going to you know how are you going to do that and you're going to have to have student loans and i'm like listen it's a lot easier to take out to pay back student loans when you're making 150 to 200 dollars an hour than when you're making 30 to 50 as a as a nurse so nonetheless i digress uh, let your actions always speak for you but be forever on guard against the terrible traps of false pride and conceit That can halt your progress. That just means humility. The next time you're tempted to boast, just place your fist in a full pail of water. And when you remove it, the whole remaining will give you a correct measure of your importance. I love that one. Nobody's important, more important than anybody else. People compare themselves to others and and that just makes you less happy. That's it. Um, whether you compare the size of somebody else's house or um, (laughs) their bank account or their car or how new their car is or whatever, how many houses they have or whatever, how many children they may have or uh, how much acreage they have. It doesn't matter. It's what you have. Get back to your own values and understand your blessings um, and, and count them and write them down and be grateful every single day that you breathe and that you walk. Uh, okay. I'm getting really didactic now, but honestly, some of these complaints that I hear from people every day is a special gift. And while life may not always be fair, you must never allow the pains hurdles and handicaps of the moment to poison your attitude and plans for yourself and your future. You can never win when you wear the ugly cloak of self self pity and the sour sound of whining will certainly frighten away any opportunity for success. Never again, there is a better way. I've only gotten through about six or seven of these, but uh, we'll continue on these because I think this is really important to remind yourself how lucky you are, how blessed you are. There's always something positive in your life um, that you can uh, certainly remember or think about um, or, or that type of thing. Okay. Welcome to the second hour of the Sunday Night Health Show. Lots to talk about, but first, we're going to take a call from Rick out in Albertsford, British Columbia. Hello, Rick.
2: Hi, Maureen. <laughs> um, that's the first time I've been on with you. I've <laughs> been on with a couple of the others, but oh, you're one of my favorites. Um, Thank you. Uh, my my daughter was married to uh, textbook narcissist. I, 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 this is mine, you know, um, and you know, she, she sort of, she put up with it for a bit, but she contributed. Like he forgot to mention to people that, uh, both their paychecks went into the mortgage account and one was hers, one payment was hers and one was his and all that kind of stuff. Um, they they had acreage out in Chilliwack and uh, which is in BC. Uh, I'm sure people across the country are listening. They had acreage out in Chilliwack, and uh, he had the other shop uh, drinking with his friends at 7:30, and say, "Well, I got to go home and do all the chores because you know I just have to do them all." Meanwhile, she's been home since 3:30 doing all getting all that stuff done, and um, and he also was uh, you know he came... Yeah, he drank way more than he should. Yeah, they but, often do. Yeah, and um uh, and um you were mentioning gaslighting last week and he he was a classic case. Uh, you know, they just you know what, who whoever's out there when your partner doesn't say we did this or you know, um this is our place or this is Then you either call him on it or you move on. And she moved on and she is doing really well for herself.
0: That's great because it can actually inflict psychiatric injury on somebody. So, did he also have a sense of entitlement? Did he lack empathy? Was he manipulative and controlling? It sounded like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, It sounds like he (laughs) needed
2: admiration. Same way at his. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't handle any kind of criticism. Uh, even at his, in his business, you know, he, uh, which ended up, he just lost everything because I don't, I'm going to say he drank it away, but also he just treat, just didn't treat his customers right. Right. And then, but anyway, um, yeah, he, he just, he couldn't take any, not a word of criticism. Right. He would be in your face right away and, that's you know wow. what when you if you're with somebody like that it, it might be hard to leave but you know what get your butt out of there because it'll be the best thing you can do for yourself you can save your you can save your ego you can save your self confidence <laughs> you
0: name it all <laughs> absolutely they tend to have higher levels of aggression as well. Uh, really,
2: yeah, big time.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, thanks so much for the call. I really appreciate it okay. because it, it's can a very. I ask, can, I, sure.
2: can I ask you one lesson?
0: By all means. You mentioned
2: a diet about a month ago. Oh, yeah. I have been trying to find it, get on your website, whatever, okay. and I cannot find it. Sure. How
0: do I find it? Sure. It's called the All In Diet. It's for, <laughs> um, anyway, it's an anti inflammatory diet, it helps to keep blood flowing. I'll send, it. if you email me, nursetalkathotmail.com, at com, I will or get that uh, detail from Andrew. I'll send it out to you. No problem. All right. And I also have on the line Len from Burnaby, British Columbia. Hello, Len.
1: Yeah. Hi, Maureen. How are you?
0: Fine. Thanks. How are you?
1: Good. Anyways, I think it's a form of narcissism. If you don't, uh, if somebody else expects you to do everything for them, mm-hmm. you agree with
0: that? I think it certainly can be a sign. There's a number of uh, different types of uh, narcissism, but, it, but it's one piece. And, and typically it's a bit more complex than that.
1: It is. There's more components to it, but I think that's one of the components. That's right. For my my girlfriend, I did all her laundry for two and a half years, all her garbage, all her recycling, all her dishes, breakfast, lunch, and supper. I wanted to make her feel special, but I didn't want her using me. So I made her pay for her trips to Africa, Peru, Costa Rica, because I didn't want her to think that uh, she was... I don't know what the word is, but I wanted to make her feel special, but I didn't want her to start using me.
0: Right. You know what? Sometimes we are with certain people because of a need from within. And I think it's really important. And I do this in my clinical practice. I always say to people, uh, don't tell me what the other one did. Tell me how you contributed to that in your relationship. Uh, Anyway, you might enjoy uh, my next guest coming up. Um, because these relationships, whether they're at work or whether they're in your home, uh, you might actually get burnt out from dealing with these dysfunctional people in life or uh, having them. And so I am joined on the line by the none other than the Burnout Queen. Hello. Hey, Maureen. <laughs> it's really good to, uh,
3: to speak to you again. And I enjoyed listening to your callers talking about narcissism, and it just reminded me a lot of times how we can get sucked in there and all of a sudden we're in a codependent relationship. So
0: I really
3: enjoying uh, you know, listening to what you had to say.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Well, I think you're the expert on it, and um, I'm glad to have you uh, on the line, Janet. That's wonderful uh, to have you. Jane Weharin. She's been on the program in the past. Uh, Her website is theburnoutqueen.com. So you can see from relationships, whether they be in work or in the home, with your parents, your family, we can all get burnt out. And it seems to be at epidemic levels today. Uh, What's your thought on uh, burnout? Why'd you get into this field?
3: Well, I got into this field because I was burned out myself and I was in the corporate world up until about last year. (laughs) And I just decided that um, at first I didn't even realize the symptoms. I just thought it was normal and that, oh, I'm just getting older or, oh, it's not that bad or I'll just take a vacation. Everything will be fine. But I think that um, what I found is that when you're enmeshed in such a situation and you're surrounded by toxic people, you don't even realize you're sick. You just think it's normal. And I didn't realize until I got out of the situation and looking back and went, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was in that situation. So I think that there's a lot of people that are in the same situation. You know, you end up where you're It it starts out very slowly. It sneaks up on you with me. It was things like um, the chronic fatigue was probably the first thing that really hit me. Then I was starting to get really cynical towards my work. I didn't want to be there. I didn't like the work. I didn't like the patients I worked with. And uh, I started noticing around me, too, the other coworkers that were quite as toxic. So when you're involved in a workplace that's toxic people
0: just feed off each other. Completely. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and the workplace is a very common place for us to get burned, burned out. I, I got burned out and and I appreciate the fact that you don't realize you're burned out until after you've left. And I was working in a clinic, um, and I had to leave because the doctor was, um, he was toxic. He was dangerous for women. He was a female doctor. And what he did to me was, and I'm talking about the female patients, like uh, cancer would go unnoticed. Uh, He wouldn't examine. The patients would have been sent to him for an internal examination. Really the only thing that he needed to do, and he wouldn't do it. He would send them off to to be seen by me. And then I might see a prolapse that, you know, I'm a nurse, so I'm not qualified to diagnose cancer, but I could see this Probably looks like cancer to me, uh, and and it was, and and so this physician was ca- playing Candy Crush a lot, quite frankly, and so it just wasn't, it didn't, he didn't align with my values. But what he would do is, I was booked. Uh, I worked four days a week. I was booked with him, you know, from eight in the morning till five at night Mm -hmm. with a half an hour for lunch. And he would always throw in, you know, two or three more patients every day. And I didn't say no, you know, pulling on my heartstrings, healthcare workers, you know, we are, you know, we don't want anybody to suffer. And, and so it wasn't until I made a conscious decision, that I cannot be aligned with this guy. And, you know, um, I, I found out I wasn't the only one either. I, I actually had spoken to, uh, I reported him basically, but don't work with me and cross me. I'll report you. Um, but I did, and I spoke to him and other women had complained about him and he'd applied for a job and the women, on, uh, you know, on the team said, if he actually, um, gets hired, we're leaving. And so, you know, the, it's not just you, as you say um, that they treat this way. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so once I left, I'm like, Whoa, do I feel a whole lot better? You know?
3: Yeah. And you know, looking back as well too, I was probably one of my worst enemies because the workload was so intense that I would have very poor boundaries. I would be working through lunch hour. I wasn't taking my breaks. I was coming in early, leaving late. Um, the, the caseload was just horrendous. It was impossible to keep up, and the demands were so high. And I think that that all contributed to. But there again, that was the that was the mode of the workplace. Is that oh, you've got two more patients. Oh, you've got three more. You've got this, that, and I just finally, I just had to say i, I got to take a break
0: here. Absolutely, because we can get physical symptoms as well. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Janet Warren is my guest. She is the burnout queen. She's got some experience with that. Who doesn't? Give me a call if you do. 1-877-399-9898. 1-877-399-9898. Questions for the burnout queen. Janet, thanks for staying on the line.
3: Oh, my pleasure, Maureen.
0: So what are the, some of the symptoms that people can experience when they're burnt out, fried, I think, done?
3: I think, I think one of the first things that people might start to notice is an increase in their chronic fatigue or the chronic insomnia. So you either are too tired to go to work, and then when you come home at night, you're too tired, you, you can't sleep. So it's kind of, you know, the worst of both worlds, Um uh, Things like a change in appetite, physical symptoms could be things like headaches, stomach aches, heart rate, uh, dizziness, shortness of breath, things like that. Um, Another thing that people might find is uh, brain fog, where you just concentration is just not, you know, what you used to be. Another one could be things like um, feeling a little bit more irritable, quick to anger, and uh, withdrawing from social gatherings, just not wanting to be around people. Those are probably some of the noticeable ones, I would say, right off the bat.
0: Right. And what can people do to avoid burnout in the first place?
3: Well, there's a few ideas. Um, what I would suggest, first of all, is uh, to start a healthy eating plan. You know, try to, uh, you know, minimize your, your coffee and your alcohol you know, that sort of thing. Try to find a way to creatively uh, reduce your stress. One thing that I talk to people about is uh, how to leave work at work and to come home. And we all have different rituals. So with one client I'm working for, she shuts off her light at her desk. And that signals that work is done and I can turn my work brain off and I can go home and I can put my home brain on. Some people will come home and they will change clothes, you know, from work clothes to, you know, more casual clothes. And again, it kind of signals something in your brain that, okay, I'm not at work anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things like uh, just being good to yourself, you know, creating a space in your home that's just really peaceful. It could be just a little corner somewhere, you know, where you can just kind of relax, that sort of thing. When you're at work, if you could try to do things like uh, stop multitasking, try to work at a reasonable pace, take your breaks, uh, you know, and when you take a vacation, try to stay disconnected from work. So don't be checking your emails and, uh, you know, your text messages and that sort of thing because vacation time flies by very quickly. So, you know, if you could just kind of, Get away from that while you're there. Mm -hmm. And make a list of some self-care strategies that you could do. You know, what are your priorities that you want to have for this month or next month? You know, that sort of thing. Use some mindfulness and relaxation techniques, you know, like the body scans. Mm -hmm. And uh, just remind yourself that, uh, you know, when you're quiet and, and you have that quiet time, you can reflect. A lot of times we can be grounded that way.
0: Right. Now, what happens uh, or what would you suggest for somebody who has, is in complete burnout? They've got heart racing. They have skin stinging. Their hair is falling out. They are stressed. They are panicked. They are afraid they're going to lose their job. They have bills to pay. They're not mm-hmm. sleeping or they're sleeping at night, eight hours, and they're feeling unrested when they wake up in the morning. So somebody's in full-on burnout. What, what are your recommendations for them?
3: Call me. Because I <laughs> don't call I me. People, no, <laughs> call me honestly. Because I like to offer people a thirty-minute complimentary session the first time. Because That's awesome. That way we can kind of figure out where you're at and come up with a strategy. I believe that it's important to have an action plan rather than just talking about it. That's great, but you need to have an action plan so people feel like that when they've left the session at the end, that they've got something that we can do, right? Um, I have a couple of things for your callers, if you like. Go ahead. If anybody anybody would like to go to my website at www.theburnoutqueen.com, I have a leaflet there. It's called, Are You on the Path to Burnout Assessment? And uh, if you just... um, Click on there, and you will send that to you. And if you'd like to get our monthly newsletter with some burnout tips, that's great. And like I say, uh, at the back of the um, the uh, book, there is a coupon for a monthly coaching session. That would be normally for people, you know, that say weren't weren't on your call. But like I say, I like to offer people a 30-minute coaching session and some handouts. The other thing, too, is if they'd like to email me at the website, um, I can send them an an electronic copy of my new book. It's called Beat Burnout, and it's got some really great tips in there. It's easy to read, and I'm just happy to share
0: it uh, with people. That's wonderful. Janet Warren, the Burnout Queen, theburnoutqueen.com. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, Janet. Really appreciate it.